I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that artists are different people. Not better, but are different. And because creating things, creating, cooking or composing or conducting everything, it's like going beyond what you are. It's, I don't know, a, a lot of philosophers and a lot of uh, scholars ha have been discussing about this, but uh, arts, I think it's the highest cognitive function of the brain, of the human being, of course, because it's like, uh, it's uh, language, attention, executive functions, semantics, that's like, in the top, it's arts, because you're creating something that you don't need. You don't need uh, arts. You need to have a proper language in order to act according to others' behaviors and, and sentences. But, but you don't need arts, so why? And that's quite, that question is fascinating, fascinating, absolutely. Today I'm talking to the neuroscientist, neurosurgeon, composer and conductor, Dr. Jesus Martin Fernandez. Good morning, Jesus. How are you? I'm fine. It's so great to meet you here on Zoom. Yeah, it's so great. Thank you so much for this. It's a great pleasure. And uh, I must say, I never thought I would say the word neurosurgeon and conductor in the same sentence. But now, <laughs> speaking <laughs> to a man who's both, uh, uh, to be honest, I, I I never thought that that could be possible. Talking about me, because uh, when I was a child, I, I was dreaming about um, going into the, the 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 mind of others and to help them. At, at the same time, I, I was dreaming with the the most beautiful instrument that we have, which is the orchestra. So. Uh, both are really, I don't know, but each time I do anything related to this, I feel really, really, I don't know, but proud and I say, okay, thank you so much, God, for this. Yeah, I can imagine because it must be two of your passions then that you are able to live, you know, that you are able to um, pursue. Uh, sometimes it's really difficult because, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm supposed to have a life, a social life, a normal life, but mm -hmm. uh, usually when, when people ask me how it's possible to manage your life with this, uh, this uh, different uh, kind of things to do, uh, I always tell them that uh, the key is the passion I'm so, so um, I, I'm always pushing myself to do what really makes me feel happy. And uh, music and brain science and, and neurosurgery is, makes me happy. So I go for that. I assume that uh, I have no the same social and familiar life compared to my colleagues, but it's okay, it's okay for me. Yeah. At this moment, it's okay, but... Well, you're happy, so that's that's <laughs> the horizon for you. But now, it's it's really two um, careers that takes a lot of time. And you're talking about now that, that you that it consumes so much of your time. But uh, were you first 
as a child, did you start an instrument? Did you start playing the instrument? At what age? Yes, I started playing. Uh, I think this is the first time you you you, you hear this word. It's timple. Timple is <laughs> like the typical instrument from Canary Islands. It's like uh, we can say uh, a little guitar with only five uh, strings. And it's so typical from here. So all my family, my, my mother's side is, uh, they are uh, musicians. So I, I started playing at uh, four, four years old, the team play, and then at nine, uh, classical guitar. Then uh, I complete my studies. And I don't know, maybe at 15, I, I began to feel interested, so, so, so interested in, in the orchestra composing for for orchestra more than playing in it and it, I don't know maybe uh when I was 17 I moved from La Palma to Tenerife to study medicine so I have been all my life trying to combine these two uh these two big things or at least so time consuming but uh, yes but I then- started yeah, as a child, you had to, I mean, of course, as you have to practice. So it takes, that takes a few hours of your day. And then you have to study when you study medicine. Uh, you know, when you talk to people who study medicine, it just feels like that consumes their whole day. It's just studying. And uh, so how did you manage to to do that as, you know, when you were younger? Uh to be honest, I I really don't know exactly how how I manage my my time. So I don't know because uh, from uh, six to seventeenth, I was a football player. Okay, not so good, but I was a football player. So I was combining. I, I don't know. To be honest, it's the same. The same sentence is like passion, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I I was not. Uh, my dad is. Uh, uh, fortunately, this this weekend, my, my dad has visited me because I'm in Canary Island for this week, and I will go to Montpellier again. Uh, and uh, he was, uh, we were talking yesterday about uh, uh, the, the passion that I showed, even being a, a child, four, five, six years old. So uh, I was so um, okay from four to five, study. I don't know, whatever, and then playing guitar, and then I, I think that my mom was so strict with the fact of being uh, of having a, a, a so organized schedule. So I think that, that that's the, the key for uh, doing uh, two time consuming things at the same time. I think so. Yeah. So that's time management. So that you you have a routine and you you manage that. Yeah, I, I think, but, but uh, I don't know if I think so. For me, that's uh, the key. I'm not. I, I don't think that uh, I have uh, high capacities for. But no, I think it's really you need uh, like uh, an amalgam. You, you need uh, a lot of things um, working together: passion, uh, uh, capacities, and a good family that supports you and. A lot of things, but that's not only yourself. But now, in the science part, the uh, the neuro the neuroscience part, 
so you said you were always fascinated to know how the brain works. Yes, from the beginning. Uh, in my house, we, we had like uh, a lot of books about, I don't know why, but uh, the, in my house, for a lot of books about brain and the heart. So uh, the brain was like, uh, what most fascinated me was the fact that uh, my thoughts, I remember perfectly, but my thought when I was a child was like, okay, uh, I could see in the, in the books, in the paper, that this is the brain, okay? So, but uh, the fact of understanding that this three-dimension system create by itself a completely different world because the brain is like a 3D space. It's not more than that, but it's different. Uh, you know, we can imagine what we want. And we, it's so crazy. So that's really impacted me. It's like, okay, this is similar to old people, but inside it's a completely different world. So how to how to ask the mind of people uh, to help them and to guess new things and new concepts about uh, cognitive function. So uh, everything uh, began there. And then uh, coincidence or not, my, my, my uncle died because of a glioblastoma, the most common primary brain tumor. So, everything i don't know a puzzle it's together i don't know and then you started studying um you you decided yes. to study that and alongside did you still keep on studying music yes at, at the same time because uh, i needed to be honest i needed because uh, it was not enough to study medicine even despite the passion and, and being happy of studying i have all my life enjoyed studying but uh, Music it was like, I, I need that. I need that. And I was not worried about, uh, that could be a point, because I was not worried about uh, passing the, the the subject or or not. I, I knew that I was uh, uh, learning um, classical guitar performance and uh, composing skills. So I was not worried about that. I was worried about the medicine career. And maybe that um, allowed me to be, uh, I don't know, like uh, more comfortable with uh, both studies. But I, I tried to, to combine both of them. And uh, I think that was the key because without studying those years, 10 years ago, it was maybe impossible. It could be impossible being a, a, a conductor or a composer or a, an orchestra composer could be impossible. So I really, uh, I'm proud about the decisions about uh, pushing myself every day to do both. So uh, with the composing part, your mind has to be uh, sort of open to, to think of ideas. But on the other hand, your mind has also been occupied by your work, by your uh, of, of course, if you say, like yesterday, you told me you had this uh, long hours of surgery, but how does the composing part, and do you really have to switch off to start composing? 
or does it come in this in this busy life of yours? Um, it's a good question. Um, it, it could it could sound a, a, maybe a little bit uh, strange, but uh, I promise you that sometimes you need to I need to switch off from neurosurgery and neurosciences because we do my team we do a lot of research. Not only operating, it's uh, uh, developing new new concepts of uh, cognitive awake surgery. We will talk about this later. But uh, sometimes I need to switch off. But other times I'm just driving or going to give a shoulder and suddenly I uh, I hear a melody that I need for the next score that I'm going to 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 compose. So sometimes I don't need to switch off. Uh, it's like an involuntary switching, but other times I need to, okay, I need to sit down and read the script and begin to write, for example, I had the, the last, uh, this is an, a new work. Uh, so sometimes you need to sit down, but a lot of times I have the music in my in, in my head and I put the iPhone to record and... Really? I sing and then I transfer to the to the computer. That's honestly how I work. Do you think that both these careers uh, have an influence on each other? That the fact that you're a musician and uh, that you and you know uh, that it influences your job as a neuroscientist. Uh, In what way? Each day, I think more that both have been influencing, cooperating and reshaping between both. I'm so sure. I think uh, exactly the way, I, I think that could be, I reckon, the fact of knowing that you are able to create something that never has existed before, which is creating a melody, a single melody, a, a line, that gives you that that gives you some i don't know <clears throat> some kind of knowledge to the other part it's like okay even in neurosciences you can not only reproduce good results but you can uh go deeper and deeper and create new mode new models so to not only push yourself as a neurosurgeon but also to okay how Okay, if I can create in music, I can create in neurosciences, and this is what I what we have done. And I think that, that that's a way exactly how both have reshaping. So, do you think that art allows you to then see in in other forms of your life that art allows you to see solutions or to see other possibilities than just what yes. is always there absolutely i remember uh, i remember uh, one year ago and uh, one year and a half uh, before um uh, laying aside my, my you know my island Tenerife. i was talking to a colleague a uh, neurosurgeon also and I, I was so so focused and like okay I need to create an interpretive test to map in vivo uh, emotions because my uncle lost all these capacities to because 
emotions understanding of others makes you able to act accordingly. Uh, so uh, he told me I was so crazy, but uh, finally we have sent to publish the first AI-based task for interpretive emotional processing wow. in patients with brain tumors. So what I, I um, that is to say that it's not a fact of capacities, it's more a fact of, okay, I, I think that I'm going to try to create and to develop some new things. Uh, so it's more, I think that people sometimes don't, don't reach the goal because they don't try. I think so. And sometimes you need to, to accept that you can try and you finally, maybe you have no the results expected, but uh, uh, definitely art um, uh, changed me all the time. But I, this is really why I also do these interviews and why I'm very happy that you contacted me because I want really to prove that art, science and maths uh, should stand alongside each other because they are all in a way connected with each other and that in education uh, it's almost as if art is that separate subject you know, and, and schools more and more leave art aside or just once you know it's just one hour a week or something like that and and here you are saying that that also makes you think makes you think differently so if we could have in a in the education system where children are educated in art then of course the sciences and the maths would be also be uh, greatly improved and and benefited through that Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, fortunately, obviously, my here in Spain, um, I've received a classical education, and always arts was laid aside. Of course, I don't know why, but uh, if I promise you that arts, maths, science they are, are the same thing. That uh, depends on the eyes. Let's look at that, but uh, of course they, they, they are interrelated, but uh, uh, totally, totally, yes. So now for you, uh, you said you you've done a new score and and you you've composed a new piece, and you've also talked about the groundbreaking work that you're doing in your in your career and. Uh, so does that always go alongside? Do you always find that when you, in, in, uh, with the neuroscience, when you get these ideas and, and get inspired, that it's also in your music like that? Uh, uh, to be honest, this last year has been so difficult. Uh, really? what, what, what I can... Related to all your questions, and really beautiful question. And what I can tell you is, I feel uh, really, um, I don't know how to say in English, but uh, it's like people don't understand me. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like uh, um, uh, even for neuroscience, uh, when I, I'm so focused. Uh, my mentor is the Professor Dufour, uh, who was uh, 
he is the, the most important surgeon uh, that performs a wake surgery in the world. And uh, going with him and uh, being worried about what my uncle lost. It's like neurosurgery have been so focused in uh, avoiding uh, aneuploidia or aphasia. So uh, we have, uh, we went beyond that. It's to, okay, I would like to have my patients uh, with a normal social life, emotions, sexual life and everything. So when I created this test that I told you before, for emotional processing in vivo, you can't imagine the neurosurgeons and it's like we are not prepared for changes. And this match with we are not prepared to tell our child that they need to learn art to potentiate the maths. So mm -hmm. this is the same. We are not prepared as a society to understand people which is different or a little bit different. And this is the same concept. It's like we can't, uh, it's really difficult as a human being, I don't know why, to go beyond what has been uh, happening uh, before before us. So I'm a little bit frustrated and because uh, it's like um, uh, people uh, or some people don't understand arts. That's my, and maybe the reason is uh, our professors and our teachers uh, have not been involved in explaining us what art is. And that's really a big problem for us. Yeah, that's true. You know, this is uh, like uh, not thinking outside the norm and not thinking at uh, it's, I was actually having a, a discussion with my daughter this morning where I said, when, I hate it when, when somebody says, uh, people don't like something or people wouldn't like something because you think, but who are these people? Because I see myself different to somebody else, for example. So it's that concept of uh, the norm, you know, of, of what people believe. Yes, uh, for sure. And yeah. one more, uh, nowadays, uh, everything is a little bit more complex because of hyper-connection, social hyper-connection and uh, social media, the speed of news and the, the, the hate. I don't know. It's maybe it's a little bit complex uh, period, but uh, I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. So now your your music. What inspires your music? What do you write about? Uh, to be honest, I have. I think I have had a lot of different input inputs about, for example, uh, the Cuban music because in my house, when I was a child, all the family, uh, they still have a. A group, so uh, so a well-known uh, group, uh, musical association, um, Los Viejos. They play only Cuban music. So suddenly, I wake up during the I don't know the evening or or late in the in the, in the night, and suddenly I was uh, listening to my mom and my uncle and my cousin playing Cuban music in my house. So that was my main background. When I was a child. After that, uh, I think that uh, uh, when I began to to 
my really, uh, how to say, serious studies in, in classical guitar and so on, I began to love the Bella Bartok's work. Uh, Bella Bartok was really impressive because it's not a classical classical music. He was one of the composers that began to change everything, like Debussy and after that Schoenberg. So I don't know. But uh, Cuban music, Bella Bartok. Uh, and then I met, uh, I met uh, conceptually, uh, John Williams with uh, Jurassic Park uh soundtrack and harry potter soundtrack uh, that's really in inspired me a lot and uh finally i don't know hans Zimmer. i think it's so brilliant composer and uh, so that's have created on me i don't know some kind of mix and i don't know uh right now i'm composing two soundtracks one for film and one for uh theater work and uh, and I'm uh, writing some uh, uh, like a symphony, uh, uh, twelve minutes symphony piece for uh, the most beautiful artwork of El Bosco, yeah. uh, the Earthly Garden uh, Delight. So so it's more uh, contemporary music. It's a little bit. It's a different language from uh, you know from a soundtrack music because in soundtrack. And you need to create uh, in a so effective way um, an emotion. And you have only two, three, four seconds to create the emotion. So, so you need to produce something um, predictable because that uh, it's pleasurable for our brain. That's, that's it. But in contemporary music, it's more a cognitive process. So about how to produce music, not in the, not for... Um, in a hedonist way. It's like more a cognitive process. That's really interesting. And for example, from this artwork of El Bosco, I have created a mathematical pattern in order to create all the notes in the in the score. So this has been really a, a, an interesting for me, for an interesting way to uh, uh, to know me as a composer, because in contemporary music, sometimes with some techniques, you have no the possibility to to choose what or which note is going to be the next one. For example, in dodecaphonism or serialism, so you can't choose. So you need to uh, uh, to have your your skills up to the point to create music, even without choosing the notes. So that's really interesting. I think it's a, a good work as a composer. Uh, it's interesting. So that are my my main focus. These two soundtracks, the the symphony for for El Bosco, and in neurosurgery. Please don't ask me because I have. I, I have. <laughs> but I isn't have. it amazing that you you talk about so so the the knowledge that you get from the neuroscience. Does that help you to to compose? So you you know what what feeling or you know the emotion that people will feel from the music. That's genius. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm so happy because uh, if uh, this test, this interpretive test that has uh, I don't know has worked the the entire world in the last year, uh, the, the name is E motions 
so I mean, it, it's if I if I needed to 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 tell you one word that really describes me, it's emotion. I love that. I love uh, every single detail that's really good uh, draw in us an emotion, an artwork, uh, music, silence, and even more preserving in patients with brain tumors because uh, before us, no one has uh, talked about emotion in, in patients, only Professor Defoe. And that's the reason why I'm in Montpellier with, with him, uh, learning and uh, researching together about this emotional processing, social cognition, and uh, and so on. I know I'm so happy because everything is around emotions. Yeah, and uh, I was actually uh, spoke to a, um, a composer once, uh, also a film composer, and we were talking about this fact that when you see something or when you see a film without music and the moment you put the music in, uh, you know, with the film, with the visual, how that really taps the emotion, you know, that that the, the music really makes that film or makes that scene so emotional. So, yeah, this is what you're talking about now. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm addicted, to be honest. I'm addicted to, to, uh, to give the director some cues uh, and to see the their faces because when when uh, you know and not always you 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 can create the first time the perfect cue for the director but when you create something and you are at home writing in the in the uh, in the computer and you are so you create something you could play and you feel that. Uh, you, at the time, you are sure that when you show to the director, they will be okay. I need this for this scene. So that moment, it's absolutely incredible. And because of that, I'm beginning to love a lot theater, because uh, theater is like emotions, but literally motion. It's in vivo, and um, I'm beginning to be addicted to, to composing for theater because normally despite uh, music for theater has not been so uh, I don't know a lot of it's not a big part of the work in theater but we have begun to create really uh, soundtracks like uh, like I prepare for films for theater because mm-hmm. I, I think that that really can support the, the actor so in the last work with um, with the same company I'm working now with, the, the, this I have showed you before, uh, Timahina's Theatre Company from Canary Island. Uh, that was for the first travel around the world. And uh, that was uh, like a, a work. I mean, my music is not only me, it's, but also the actors. When I gave them some cues for important parts in the in the work, uh, they influenced me, or that they influenced me in some manner. And okay, I went back home, and okay, I'm gonna change everything. And then you go back, and okay, I have changed this, and okay, this completely fits you. It's like um, I don't know the theater. It's more beautiful than I I, I expected, to be honest. Really, because the, the actors are interacting with your music in vivo. 
it's in vivo. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, nonetheless, obviously, film, um, uh, it's obviously beautiful. Of course, yeah. it's beautiful. But the actors are not t- interacting with your music. Yeah, that's right. true. But amazing that you say that this Cuban music background that you have and that that influence also the way you you write and what an amazing um merging of of you know classical and cuban it's so strange but i feel sometimes i sometimes the last cube uh, i sent uh maria and raquel for, for this work it was when i was listening to that in my computer i write uh, i i don't Compose with with the with the, the new DOS software with the piano. I I write each note note for note note in my computer. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to change. I don't know, but so I, I I write in this way. And I, I was listening to that. It's okay. I can I can feel the Cuban flavor a little bit in some parts. So you realize that in unconsciously. That's part of you, and you can't change that because that's your inner workings. You you can't. It's amazing because that's a. I don't know where exactly my brain, but that it's there. Cuban music is there. Yes, of course. I think it's amazing that you do that, and it makes it a bit more unique. I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but but uh, Cuban music really has influenced me a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Cuban people live in this uh, for me it's a special population because they have created a lot, a lot of arts without uh, probably the economical and cultural support that they need but you know a uh, human being and the brain is so amazing that even when you have nothing you can create when you have nothing you are still able to create and that's amazing yes i i totally agree and i think it's sometimes from that if you have nothing that the greatest things come you know because that it's it's amazing how people how creative people can be when they have nothing uh yeah so one of talking about this uh uh, I remember the the story of how Olivier Messiaen wrote the uh, Departed of the the End of the World, and that was so so incredible because that's uh, of that's part of the contemporary music that's different from the uh, emotional and exciting um, cues and parts of Beethoven and Bach. This is a little bit more complex to understand. But this story of how Olivier Messiaen wrote this piece in the middle of the, the four of the quartet, so near to die because of the uh, the war. So that's incredible. So how the human being in so difficult situations can create really uh, art. That's uh, uh, make me so uh, doubtful about uh, it's so curious because uh, you know human beings we are uh, prepared for feeling pleasure with those things that make us more or give us more probabilities to um, preserve this species 
as a human beings. I mean, food and sex. Obviously, our brain is hardwired to feel pleasure because otherwise, no more human beings. But why arts? Why arts uh, is, are able to, to produce the same exactly in the brain without obvious uh, evolutionary advantages? So I'm so uh, curious about that. And Darwin was so curious about this. So I don't know. It's, you know, arts, why? I'm hardwired to feel pleasure with uh, six notes. That's it, isn't it? I think it's one of the most beautiful things. Uh, I don't know. I have no the answer. That's beautiful. But you know, I did a project here in Vienna over lockdown uh, where I photographed 500 artists in their windows because I wanted to raise awareness of the fact that artists uh, were sort of uh, confined. Uh, by uh, and 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 not able to perform and and be in the theaters, and what I found so fascinating with all these people that I spoke to uh, and and photographed was that um, they all did something. They, they were not um, sort of uh, stuck, you know. They they started all cooking or baking or painting or something, but they were creative. They all, all of them did something else or tried to solve uh, the, the problem or tried just do something. And that fascinated me so much. And this is actually why I'm continuing this, this series, because um, what is it? What is it that makes this artist create and keep on creating, even though they couldn't be in the theater, they couldn't do their thing, but then they reverted to something else or they started creating something else and and that that to me was so fascinating you know that it was um and the other thing was also that you would have expected them to be really depressed although there there were heartbreaking stories that i heard but yet the moment you say okay let's take your picture in the window it was like uh, they were there you know it was like hey yeah let's do it and it was for me the switch. How can you switch? You know, and this is what the artists do. I think that switch from okay, this is life, but here's my art. So this is what I'm giving, and that was for me what was really um, intrigued me. That um, that's amazing. That's amazing, and <clears throat> I think that uh, we could be talking about arts. Uh, you know. 1,000 hours, and we won't find, uh, find a, a solution about what it is. Why artists, I, I, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that artists are different people. Not better, but are different. And because creating things, creating, cooking, or composing, or conducting everything, it's like going beyond what you are. It's I don't know. A, a lot of philosophers and a lot of uh, scholars ha have been discussing about this, but uh, arts, I think it's the highest cognitive function of the brain, of the human being, of course, because it's like uh, it's uh, language, attention, executive functions, semantics, that's like 
in the top, it's arts because you're creating something that you don't need. You don't need uh, arts. You need to have a proper language in order to act according to others' behaviors and and sentences. But but you don't need arts. So why? And that's quite that question is fascinating. Fascinating, absolutely. Yeah, for me too, absolutely. And and this is why I, I my greatest wish is is that children get the opportunity in schools to really, you know, art should be alongside maths and science and as important or as seen as important because that, I think, develops a full-round person. You don't have to become a musician, but the fact that you play an instrument would add to everything else you do in life. And this is what I've, yeah, this is what I've, gathered from this whole project that I did you know was that there's something that the artist has that makes them persevere be self-motivated um see solutions you know get up in the morning and do their thing and this I think is is a is these are skills that I think every person should have I think that you can't describe better what is being an artist, to be honest. Uh, it's impossible to describe better. Uh, it's exactly that. It's having a motivation independently of being in a theater or not. Mm-hmm. Just creating. It's just giving something beyond our necessities. So I think that as human beings, we are so limited in this deterministic world because uh, this begins here and finish here, and this the same. It's like for us, it's complex to understand that sometimes things are together. Mm-hmm. As, uh, as in neurosurgery, we thought, and in universities sometimes we we still uh, teach people that language begins here and finish here, and we are creating novel uh, models about networks interacting between them. It's like we are so like okay arts math sciences it's yeah or it's not because my science is related obviously to arts and probably without arts i have i think i have not been able to to do what i have done mm-hmm. i'm sure it's impossible because arts gives you the the chance to think okay i can go beyond me i can go beyond myself Exactly. I can, uh, uh, where other people think that that's impossible, you are an artist, you have been creating, and you know that maybe there's a way to have that solution. And that, of course, we need, we need to change the system. I absolutely, I'm pretty sure, of course. Mm. Well, let's hope. <laughs> let's believe. Not hope. Let's believe. Yes, yes, yes yeah, yeah. But he says, uh, "Tell me, ah, oh, you you've achieved so much already. But what is the wish for you? What are the wishes?" You know, I'm going to tell you something so personal. But two days ago, uh, I was seated with a lot of investors that we, uh, we are in a way that, okay, uh, my team and I, uh, we have begun to 
uh, operate on in different countries in this uh, not new philosophy because the philosophy I think it's from my mentor but with this test and the emotional processing in vivo and awake surgery and so on and we have begun to to, to operate on in other countries of course for free and uh, to the investors that we are trying to create some kind of I hate business I don't need money. I don't want money. That's not my business. I'm an artist. I only need emotions. So, but I was talking to them. They asked me, what do you need exactly? And I told them, the only thing I need is having just enough money to be uh, relaxed in order to keep on operating in other countries where they really need for free. Because otherwise, it's impossible to pay the uh, everything. Me, my neuropsychologist, the anesthesiologist, specializing in wake surgery. So, my my wish, my wish is uh, keep on developing new uh, models of human cognition in order to help people and in order to change neurosurgery uh, in this more artistic. View because I think that the brain is not uh, prepared for being understood like some things here and some things here, of course, that will be connected and we cannot be limited by our cognition. So my wish is keep on operating on patients all over the world with our philosophy, with my team, and of course, helping people. I hate business. I hate everything. I hate the system. I'm sorry for being so clear, but no, <laughs> I hate that. I hate the system. I don't. I just would like to have my parents safe, uh, healthy, and my team. I'm so proud of my team because we are we are we move to Poland or to Italy or to South America because of passion, and that's incredible. Because it's like okay, I'm 30 years old, and I have. I have already, I already have my team. Mm -hmm. I want, okay, I don't need more. So um, my wish is that, uh, mm -hmm. and about music, uh, uh, keep on creating and being an emotional human being. And uh, uh, let's see, but the, the main wish is helping people with brain tumors and developing new tests and improving and, I don't know. Amazing. Well, what a beautiful wish, really. What a beautiful wish. And I I believe that will will be true. That will come true. I think that, uh, mm -hmm. we, I don't know, but uh, we are doing what we love. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I'm going to Montpellier with Professor Dufour. And after that, uh, we are going to uh, Sevilla, then uh, Florence, then Argentina, and then we keep on developing the this uh, emotional uh, behavioral mapping in a way surgery. Uh, so, and uh, in planes, okay, I'm going to write music. So I'm so happy. Yeah, wonderful. But uh, tell me now, just one thing. I was thinking, uh, when you do surgery, do you sing or do you listen to music? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, uh, um, uh, to, to tell the truth, 
I can't sing because uh, uh, our surgery is only a week surgery, so the patient is all, all the oh, time oh, okay. performing tasks. Okay, yeah. I, I talk to the patient, to Natalia, my neuropsychologist, and, and mm -hmm. okay, because you know the patient, at the same time I'm removing the tumor, the patient needs to to perform the test in, uh, to, uh, um, to see emotions and to answer questions about behavior and uh, to um, a lot of ling language, language tasks. But uh, uh, I, I don't think, but sometimes in the final part, when I have found, when I found the limits of the surgery and it's finished, I began, I don't know, uh, some melodies is... Uh, oh, really? <laughs> in, in, in my mind, yes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, it's like, okay, please, please mind, don't forget this. I need this melody. This is the melody I will put in this scene. And sometimes I get out from uh, from the operating room and the iPhone and to record the, the melody. So, amazing, amazing. Yeah, so um, yeah. Uh, see what, what I told you, it's not a complete switching. It's like um, yeah. everything connected. Mm. That, that's the point. But that's amazing that, that you, you know, that you get these melodies when you do. But that's probably also when you find the solution when in the operating room. That your brain then is in that um, sort of flow of, you know, creating then, or I don't know. You will know better because you're the <laughs> you're the neuroscientist. Yeah, no, you know what? In neurosurgery, it's not common being so worried about uh, brain functioning because uh, neurosurgery is uh, so complex, and uh, normally neurosurgeons are so worried about techniques and anatomy and. I mean, microscopic things, of course, they are important, but what I have learned from before, and our philosophy is like, a, our philosophy is going beyond what I can see, going beyond the tumor aspiration. It's like, okay, I know that here is the distract. So when I touch that, I will have an emotional impairment in the patient, so I will stop. So if this is a kind of, that's a creative way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that my brain is an, uh, in this, all the time in this artistic mm -hmm. way, even in, in surgery, but I think so. So I think that the, the, the sentence for today, for our talk is everything is connected. Exactly, exactly. Oh. Jesus, this was so great to talk to you. I'm really happy to talk to you. I was so happy that you contacted me because you you really, this was what I so want to prove, you know, that um, that there are there are these connections and that and you are just absolutely 100% the proof of that. Yeah, thank you so much for your words. Thank you so much for your questions. Uh, for your vision about the world and, and arts.